0: Hello and welcome to This Nomad Life with Lee and Paul. I'm Lee, Minivan Lee, on YouTube and all other social platforms.
1: And I'm Paul. This is so much more than a podcast, Lee. It's an audio film, a documentary about life, including the nomad lifestyle that's sweeping America.
0: Hey friends, we have a fabulous, fun episode for you tonight. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to This Nomad Life. I'm Minivan Lee of YouTube Minivan Lee. I have lived in my minivan for five years, believe it or not. And I love it. It's so cozy for me. I do have videos about how I do it all in my minivan. And I have fun videos too, just entertaining things that have to do with nomad life and just life in general. And we also have Paul here.
1: Hey Lee, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty I'm good. I'm good too. I had a great day. My name is Paul Griffith, and sharing this podcast time with Lee, bless her heart, for letting me butt in here and <laughs> take <laughs> no, on part no, of this. No, you're but, like
0: you are integral well, in this podcast.
1: I don't know about that, but anyway, I've been on the road for a number of months now, and things are are gelling. I'm making, <laughs> Gelling, making some changes in my rig you know as I find the things that I think no this would be better over here or better over there and so we're settling in after after seven months something like that but it does take some time you have to live in it to really find out where you want everything and what you want as far as that goes
0: well that's normal for nomads. oh I think so you have to tweak things you have to live it and you have to tweak it
1: Well a major thing that I'm somewhat considering is right now I have a big oversized cot in my rig and it goes from the back to uh, the front of the van, takes up more than half of the width of the van and I'm actually thinking about building a bed frame crossways from side to side Putting a mattress on it, you know, a piece of plywood and then a mattress, nothing fancy, but that would give me much more room in the center of the van for more storage, for bins, for. uh, I could put things underneath that bed. So I'm considering that. I don't know what I'm going to do for sure yet, but uh, as I say, you just keep on thinking about things and what you could improve and what you could do without or what you need to buy because you find that you can't live without it so it's interesting it's it's a continuing process that just moves along
0: it's a work in progress
1: absolutely absolutely some people would say that about me even at this uh tender age. you
0: are a work in progress Paul. <laughs> I, i'm here to attest that yeah so what we do today Did we have a good day uh we really did it was a good day we went to church today we did wow. it was a
1: wonderful service i liked it very much and
0: with hobo joe from we, hobo joe on the go channel on youtube
1: yeah she's uh, come and surprised us and spent a couple of days with us actually more than a couple So it was very nice to spend time with her and she went to church with us this morning and then after church we went to our favorite park and we knew this was coming but lo and behold they had an air show there and being an old uh, Air Force veteran it was wonderful to see the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds taking off and landing and doing their acrobatics. Uh, They were based uh, this weekend at davis montham air force base yeah and it was very cool to see them roaring through the sky i really enjoyed that
0: that it it was noisy but it was fun to watch
1: right and of course they weren't up there the doing their thing all day long they went i think they went up three different times if i recall correctly so well what
0: was fun was during this week at the park that we like to go to We got to see them practicing and that was fun
1: you bet it was almost like an
0: air show unto itself
1: absolutely yeah yeah so that's why we didn't bother going out to the base you could uh, pay to get bleacher seats and all this stuff but hey it was an air show and they they need a lot of room
0: yeah and
1: uh, some of those stunts took them right over the park where we were and we got a, a few shots of them flying by at breakneck breakneck speed it was very cool, something that I won't soon forget. So so what are we going to talk about today, Lee? What is going on?
0: <laughs> We're going to talk about, wait for it, South Dakota.
1: Now, before you turn <laughs> off your uh, uh, phones and <laughs> iPads and computers, don't leave us yet. It may South not Dakota. sound like the most interesting topic in the world, but I'll tell you what.
0: It is interesting.
1: Both Lee what, and I learned a lot about South Dakota.
0: What is so unusual about South Dakota? Well, we're going to tell you. And But I do want to just go, I had a question in, in case you do. Why did the Dakota Territory Territory from 1860, why did it break up into two different states? Well, I researched it and in 1860 it was called the Dakota Territories. And there were the requirements to be a state stated. You had to have 60,000 residents and you had to have enacted and presented a state constitution. South Dakota area had way enough people to to start a state, whereas the North Dakota territories, they did not. They only had like 37,000 right. um, uh, in the Northern area. But the South Dakotans felt, (laughs) said that they were, um, what was that word that they used? They were... um,
1: Disreputable? They were, they were (laughs) disreputable.
0: They were like fur traders and they had uh, their own little uh, trading route also. They said, the South Dakotans said that they were they were not nice to the indigenous peoples (laughs) so they went ahead and enacted their own state constitution and that's when they broke up but there was also i guess there was also politics were involved in it
1: always politics always gets involved yep
0: but that's not so unusual i mean we've got the Carolinas north and south I don't know why they broke up but and then we have I always wondered about Virginia and West Virginia I did not look that up right but what other what other states did you mention well you know
1: what I it makes me think about my own home state of Michigan I as you know spent probably close to four months the first part of my nomad time on the road in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan which uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with that area it's an entirely second it's a second peninsula there's the lower peninsula which is the famous mitten shape that uh, people recognize as the state of Michigan but then above the Mackinac Bridge north of Mackinac City begins the Upper Peninsula and believe me I found in my time there that people in the upper peninsula, which most refer to as Upers, because of the initials UP for Upper Peninsula, so they're called Upers. They, by and large, have no use for the people <laughs> in the lower peninsula. As a matter of fact, you know what they call those people down what? there? Trolls. Huh. Bet you can't guess why.
0: Well, you told me so, but I (laughs) they can't guess why. Our friends out there.
1: The people in the lower peninsula are called trolls because they live below the bridge. Right. Get it? Get it? Yeah, Uh, below the bridge. Anyway, but yeah, so Michigan, the people in the the UP, the upper peninsula, have made some moves and made some uh, noise about, why don't we break off from that lower peninsula? So it there could be more of that. And you know what? Even in California, I don't know a lot about California, but I understand the northern part of California has no use whatsoever for the southern part of California and vice versa. Isn't that true?
0: Exactly. I've read a lot of I don't know what's going on with it now, but I have read articles about that, that they would that they're using up all the water, all the tax dollars. Their tax dollars are all being siphoned down to the Southern California area.
1: Well, it's understandable yeah. that that would upset them, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: So, you
1: know, the, the North and South Dakota, I think it's pretty easy to understand. You know, it's a it's a people thing and a politics thing. And so the, they have two different entities up there. But we're going to talk about South Dakota.
0: Now, the topics that we're going to talk about with South Dakota I have to put a little disclaimer out. We are not professional financial advisors or attorneys. So contact one of them for more information on these glorious topics we're going to talk about. So, Paul, tell us well, what the, is so great about South Dakota.
1: Well, the first thing that I learned, and I believe it was on a uh, article that I uh, saw in the Pocket app, if any of you are familiar with that. It was an article I saw there that I was shocked. It said that the state of South Dakota rivals both the Cayman Islands and, this name will ring a bell, Switzerland as a place that is a preferred location for those people that are looking for a fantastic tax haven. So South Dakota is in the same group as the Cayman Islands and Switzerland, if you can believe it. It's really wild to even think that it might. Is it not? Well, actually the, the Cayman Islands are number one. Well, But they're yes. ahead of Switzerland for crying out loud. Yes. And you know, for years and years, having a Swiss bank account meant it was secret, it wasn't taxed and all of this. Well folks, we've got a place like that right here in the good old U.S. of A. And it's called South Dakota.
0: Now, you probably aren't looking to protect your billions or even millions from taxes, but South Dakota has laws in place to keep the tax man away from everyone. And you don't have to live there to have this happen. Right. Wow.
1: And why does this matter? Because the hundreds of billions, with a B, of dollars that South Dakota has in these they're called dynasty trusts they generate no taxes and they're effectively off limits to anybody who might have even a legitimate claim on them many states in fact most states grab a huge cut of what you would pass on to your inheritors when you die of course South Dakota has gone out of its way to set laws and regulations to make sure that it won't happen there. They are very, very, very friendly towards anyone that wants to protect an inheritance from these taxes and from somebody getting involved and in getting their fingers in there and trying to some of that money that they might think is really belongs to them. It's very secretive, it's no taxes, just like the Cayman Islands and Switzerland.
0: Now, why do they do this?
1: Well, if you think about it, look, I mean, it's a real boon for financial planners, for attorneys, because you have to get, you should get both involved in this type of transaction. And you've got to have those people to make sure that the things are done correctly and that everything is on the up and off and the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and everything so that's more money in their pockets there's there's millions of dollars flowing into the coffers in that state to be protected in many different ways so it's good for the state and I'm sure that it's great for the politicians and, and great for the other residents of the state because there's no state income tax and that kind of thing. Right. So it's very good for everybody except those that want to get involved and get, get their hands on some of that money.
0: So like most tax havens, South Dakota has no income tax either. That's no correct. inheritance tax and no capital gains tax. That's a big one. But the state has gone even further than that. South Dakota allows for extreme secrecy when law enforcement comes knocking and protects assets from being claimed by creditors, ex-spouses, or pretty much anybody else. Now, I did have question, I'm not sure how this would affect in a child support situation. You know, if there's somebody owes child support, that might be a total federal thing i'm not sure
1: well i guess you know thinking this about this a little bit i think maybe it's more a state by state thing than a federal thing is well
0: it? and and another thing when i did question i thought well how does that affect i do believe that if you are in arrears horribly then you really aren't supposed to leave the state that you owe the arrears in okay. anyways so i just i could just question that just a little bit but that's that's pretty wild isn't it
1: it certainly that is.
0: it protects your assets from being claimed
1: it really has to be I believe set up as a trust okay and that's why they refer to these as dynasty okay. trust dynasty you know you think of millions of dollars billions right. of dollars and it's a trust plan
0: right
1: where you can protect those dollars from the taxes and from the other people that might want to get their hands on that money for one reason or another so that you can pass much more than you normally would be able to on to your your heirs whoever they are
0: right okay well I like it
1: it is something to look into because of South Dakota and what they're doing, and also other rival tax haven states like Nevada and Delaware, the United States now ranks second only to the Cayman Islands for financial secrecy, which just blows my mind. I right. would have never thought that right. a, a, my, excuse me, South Dakotans, but kind of a minor state would have such an effect, On the entire uh, standing of the United States of America as far as secrecy and inheritance goes it's truly good job
0: South Dakota
1: yeah go South Dakota I would agree
0: let's go South Dakota
1: (laughs) well now you might wonder well what's in it for me you know I'm a nomad perhaps or you're living in sticks and bricks it doesn't matter and i don't have a billion dollars of inheritance that i'm worried about getting to my kids and my grandkids and nephews and nieces or whatever so how does this stuff affect me well if you have a sizable inheritance and i am i going to define sizable no sizable will matter to you much more than it will me but it might be something to think about if you want to protect those funds from taxes. You know, if you've got, no, uh, oh, pick a number, if you've got $50,000 put away in your inheritance fund for your family, well, maybe you don't want to bother with this. But it's not out of the question that a lot of us folks, not including me, but a lot of us folks might have a few hundred thousand dollars put mm-hmm. away for our uh, inheritance for our family well
0: even if it's $50,000 that's a sizable amount to most people well it and is. if they're gonna take half of that come on
1: that's right I that's mean who 25. wants the government to take half of anything for crying right, out loud. right yeah so that's why we bring it up and of course there there was another reason in that we found that South Dakota is a very 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 popular state that people choose for their domicile And folks, a domicile is something that every one of the nomads out there needs to think about, if you haven't already.
0: Well, it's the most important decision you're going to make if you are going to start this lifestyle. It is the most important decision where you are going to domicile, because everybody in the United States has to have one.
1: I would certainly agree with that. That is absolutely true and it is very important. So yes, each of us needs to think very carefully about our domicile. So what what is a domicile? What are we talking about here? If you haven't really looked into it, well, the dictionary says that a domicile, it's a noun, and it is the place where a person has his or her permanent principal address. To which he or she returns or intends to return someday it's like your home but you're not there but you do probably intend to return there and it's the place where your mail is delivered the place that where you're on the the voters rolls and all those other important things get your driver's license and that is your domicile that is your home base if you will
0: well your domicile is in a state with which you follow the laws of that state registration uh taxes income tax
1: driver's license
0: inheritance tax investment tax i mean everything all the laws of a state you follow those if in the state of your domicile and of course then you're also going to follow county you know wherever your domicile is you're going to be following a uh, county All right. uh laws also if you're driving if you're not in your domicile state you're driving in another state you have to follow the laws of the state that you're in when it comes to driving and sales tax and things like that but sure. it's an important word it's kind of an unusual word it's a confusing word but it is a very important word. Every, now there are homeless people that do not have a domicile. A lot of people try to help them. It might be in a um, a shelter. They might be able to use that as their domicile for the moment. Um, they let them use that. But everybody needs to be counted. Right. The world is growing smaller and smaller. And they want to keep track of us, don't they?
1: Oh, they certainly do. <laughs>
0: they certainly do.
1: And, Lee, I'd like to just point something out here for a quick minute. And I I am not an expert on domiciles, but I know that those of you that go to Quartzsite in the wintertime, for instance, you can't go to the post office in downtown Quartzsite and rent a post office box and think, there, Quartzsite is now my domicile. No, 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 no. That will not work
0: they have really cracked down on that they used to be able to do it like a few you know years ago but they they're flagged now they're totally flagged now i'm going to say you must be able to collect your mail at your domicile That, that that's a given because if you have a real id they they don't hand that to you at the dmv where you pick, where you go for your license, you get your eyes checked or whatever. They mail it to you. It's because they want to know that that's you. So you have to be able to pick up your mail there. But you can have many mail boxes. You can rent a P.O. box I mean, Oh, you certainly. Just, you, you could have a billion places where you pick up mail as you travel. But you can only have one domicile. Right. And you have to prove. And each state has a different requirement to gain domicile there and residency and when it comes to South Dakota they make it so easy you go there one day you show one night rent receipt and they have everything just handy for you you could rent a cabin they have a cabin that you could rent they have a little campground you could put up your tent and give you a receipt for you can rent in a hotel but you only need one day receipt
1: it's really unbelievable it is because in a lot of states you have to spend months to establish a domicile if it's not your home state you have to spend months there
0: well the thing is is that You have to have proof, that means you have to have mail coming to that domicile that shows that you are there. When I moved to Cincinnati, I was not there months. What I did was I pre, well it's a story, but I pre let my bank know. And then I contacted Social Security to let them know. And I asked them to send me a Social Security statement and it was to this address. And then I asked the bank to send me my bank statement to that address. There you go. So when I went, I had two things, but each state is going to require different things, but those are basic. And then I took them down there so I could get my license, and then I could change over my registration of my vehicle to Ohio.
1: I just went through with my vehicle registration, and uh, I had changed everything to be with my daughter-in-law actually she is bless her heart she is the one that is going through all my mail in my absence and if she finds something the like the driver's uh, uh registration the the renewal for that and the license tab the tabs that have to go on my license plates i have to tell her where i want her to send that and anything else of legal importance that I want to see and actually hold in my hand. If it's just something that I need to see and not hold in my hand, she can just take a photo of it with her phone and send me a text with that photo attached and I can make a decision, you can throw that away or, oh, I'm glad to see that, I'll take care of it, but you can go ahead and throw it away or or whatever. So it's really wonderful to have especially a relative that you trust and can depend on to uh, be given that very important task.
0: Well, but let's do a scenario for these people because I had the same thing. And what what Paul just described is what my daughter does. In fact, a lot of times I don't even see anything coming because she already knows what's going on. And she can tell if she's iffy. I might get a picture every once in a while. But let's just do a scenario okay I want to deal with South Dakota I like the fact that they don't have any income tax I like that because I think Ohio is not that great on taxes income tax things like that but so I want to do the the South Dakota thing or in Nevada's I think second and then Florida's third mm-hmm. something like that I think for, so. for the best there's so many things to consider well what are you gonna do? I mean, I don't have a no daughter living in South Dakota, do I? No. And you don't have a daughter-in-law or whatever in South Dakota, but what ha- what they have is called America's Mailbox. And you can use that as your domicile. As, which, I don't know why certain mail-forwarding companies you can use as a domicile and some you can't. I'm not sure where the thin blue or red line is, you know, right. to separate them. but. America's Mailbox, you can use it as your domicile. They have everything. You, it's like going through an assembly line. It's like you step on the escalator and just move on through the whole system. They handle your mail. Now, it does cost. But they handle your mail for you. And you would. I'm not going to give specifics on that. Now, Max uses South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Our friend Max Dollarite. And he's very happy with it. There was only a couple glitches where he needed it for the little tag for his plate. And I think there wasn't there snow. It was <laughs> something was going on with that. And he was it COVID that was causing these oh, glitches probably, probably and was. he really needed it and he couldn't get it. And he was telling them where to send it. Oh my gosh. So, but other than that, everything's runs pretty smooth with South Dakota. Yeah. And they, here's another thing too, folks, You can just get a concealed, uh, without going through the classes, you can get a concealed, um, what's that called? The
1: Handgun permit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Concealed carry permit.
0: Right, exactly. Another thing too that South Dakota will do for you, it's gonna cost you, not a lot, but it will cost you. They will help you and almost hold your hand the whole way to get your license and your, your vehicle registered. If you don't want to pay for that, you do have to go, but they'll give you everything you need, and they'll give you the addresses, but you gotta go do that. You, within a week, you can be ready to go.
1: And of course, the other thing we were talking about, what's in it for South Dakota, you know, to have all these things uh, happening there. Well, if people create a domicile and use South Dakota and become, if you will, a resident of South Dakota, that gives them more residents which give them more representation in congress
0: exactly that's i think that bottom line that's why they do that maybe so now i do know that south dakota is cold in the winter and it's very hot in the summer which brings me to usually on your birthday around your birthday you have to go get your driver's license every four or five i think in south dakota you said five years
1: that's what i understand so
0: if you're a nomad i mean it can happen (laughs) What. It can happen, but if your birthday falls in in January or February, and you're a nomad, and you're just having so much fun and courtside, and you're just soaking up, and you go and tell your friends, "I got to go to South Dakota to look <laughs> at you like you have lobsters growing out of your ears," yeah. huh? Yeah. So that's something to consider.
1: That would not be a fun trip in January or February.
0: Going back to South Dakota. And a lot of, in most states, you can't get your license too far in advance. Right. Yeah. Right. You say, well, I'm here in June for January. They'd be like, huh? No.
1: I I could be wrong, but I think in Michigan, you can do it up to 30 days prior to your birthday. Right, yeah. I think that's Yeah. Well, listen, Lee, why don't we just run down a quick list of things that nomads need to consider when they're thinking about their domicile? I mean, that controls tons of different things that you take care of in your everyday life, like income tax, sales tax, use taxes, the ease of managing contact with a state while living on the road, whether it's for A driver's license and getting the ball rolling vehicle license and inspections as a matter of fact at least the last time I checked South Dakota doesn't have any need for vehicle inspections they're just like Michigan we don't have to take our vehicles in for an inspection those are all things to consider plus more right other things to consider are retaining access to your doctor to lawyers accountants and other professionals and you want to remain possibly close to friends and family, or maybe you don't want to remain close to friends and family. That can happen too. Well, so if you're the...
0: nomad, why would you worry about that? Because you're going to travel anyway. Yeah, I mean, you can talk to them on FaceTime, right?
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just sorry, but yeah, you can talk to them or yeah. Right. Yeah, and if you're on, if you're 65 and over, you can have access to Medicare, which you can access facilities everywhere in the United States right, right, but if you're younger than 65 that would matter now I do have a book how to live in a minivan the minivan leeway but it's also about there's more details about minivans but it's really a to z to get started to get on the road it's available in ebook or paperback and it's on Amazon just search for minivan lee and I'm going to show up on Amazon Well, there's a whole chapter dedicated to domicile and mail forwarding. If you want to go mail forwarding, you need to check out the prices and the fine print. They're not all equal. And not every mail forwarding business you can use as a domicile and believe me i could i would if i could explain that to you i would but i have yet to find out why some can and some can't but you need to ask those specific questions and don't get an iffy answer i did talk to one lady who had a mail forwarding company and they're all over and she contacted me and wanted me to review it for her she wanted to sponsor my youtube channel well when i was really getting down to the nitty-gritty She didn't, she could not tell me that all the mail forwarding addresses in every state could, you could use as a domicile. That was a little too iffy for me and I didn't, I I, I, kind of put that on the burner. I said, no, I cannot, I cannot sponsor or tell anybody about something that a regular nomad is not going to want to use. The only reason you'd want a mail forwarding is because you are you going to use it for your domicile? I suppose there could be a few people that say, well, no, that would be good. But no, um, the main reason we need mail forwarding is because we want to use as a domicile. There are so much to consider. There's so much fine print. That is one of the advantages that Paul and I have to having family who is willing. Now, I'm going to tell you that you do not want to just ask your aunt and uncle or your sister, or your brother-in-law to handle your mail. I'm telling you that this is a—it's a—it's a job.
1: It is, Absolutely. And it takes a
0: responsibility. You have to trust this person with your life, because they could be throwing away really important stuff if they're bored with it. Oh, I'm bored with it. I'm getting sick of sick of dealing with this person's mail, and then to start throwing stuff away, or they're not as careful. Maybe they're just more careless type people dude you want to have somebody you trust i trust i would trust any of my daughters and my sons to do this but my daughter in cincinnati ohio does this for me and god bless her and i know she's probably listening hey love you (laughs) but and i know that you trust your family too to do this
1: you bet melanie does a fantastic job and i have complete trust in her yes and of course you have had your daughter doing this for five years and we're only six or seven months into it right that makes a difference too now
0: your daughter-in-law sends you a lot of things which i'm you know i've only had one thing sent to me ever and that was my dad had written me a check and of course, you know, uh, how, do, how do you deal with the check? He's, still, he's elderly and how do you deal with that? So she sent it to, I was happened to be in Tucson, which one of my daughters lives here. She sent it to her and then I got it. But other than that, she's never, no, okay, that's not true. She did send me for, I had the papers when I got my LLC, Minivan Lee Productions LLC. Oh. She had to send me papers that I had to sign. Easy peasy, that was the only other time she had to send me something. But you do actually pick up a lot of mail that is sent to you.
1: Well, we're still learning. You know, okay. we're, we're uh, new at this. So I it's better for her, if she can just send these things to me and then I've got it, I can make a decision or deal with it or act on it, whatever needs to be done. So. Now
0: where do you pick up your mail? Why don't you tell our friends out there and our listeners how you do receive your mail
1: well there are it depends where I'm at okay when we were in California I used a UPS store of course you have to pay for that you can use their address you can put your name care of UPS store in their address that they will furnish to you and then you go there and you pick up and depending on how big the package is or how small it could be $5 or $10 or more if it's something heavy I could have Amazon packages sent there too yes or anywhere else mail
0: order that I might place an order so it worked out very well now you could also we picked up so much at the UPS store they actually recommended you should have gotten a A if you were going to be here the box would have been a lot cheaper because UPS has gone up in price oh yeah and we do a lot of reviewing for the youtube channel and every time somebody would send me something a product to review some of them were heavy like the oakmo 50 oh, pounds that's for what sure. i paid like 15 dollars for that coming yeah. through yeah. so even with packages i paid quite a bit even just mail they were starting to charge me not five but ten dollars yeah. for smaller envelopes so It does cost money, but, so if you're going to be in an area for a while, you probably want to get a peel box. Right. Yeah.
1: And I'm quite sure that that's what I'll wind up doing in Quartzite. Right. Because I'll be there for at least two, if not three months, and that's plenty of time to make that box worthwhile
0: and we've already mentioned we're just going to go halves on it and just use it for sure. both of us Why not? and then people can send us things right and a lot of our listeners can actually send so many people say how do i get a gift to you i want to send you something well here you go this is one of the first times that i would be getting a peel box but we probably will yeah
1: The other thing I just want to mention because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she didn't know anything about these. We had a, a video, I don't know, three, four weeks ago where the opening of the video was showing us going to this unit of lockers. Yes. And what it was, was Amazon lockers. You can tell Amazon... I'm in so-and-so a city and there is an Amazon locker on Elm Street and I want this package this order that I'm placing sent to the Amazon locker on Elm Street and lo and behold if you're a prime member for one thing in a couple days a day or two or three at the most your package will be ready for your pickup at that locker it works slick as a whistle I love it
0: I will mention that you do have to pre-pick it. You need to, let me just tell you, I know you might remember this, but you need to go to, on on the app, you need to go to your account, scroll down, your addresses, click on that, and then it will say at the top, pick a new address, don't pick that one, and below that it says pick a new pickup location, and then you type in the zip code where you're at and you can pick it there. I will say that every Amazon Locker, it's so cute, has a name, their their name, everyone has a name, yeah. Yeah. So, really unusual names, there's probably so many names they have to go through, but they're really unusual. So like a hurricane, they name hurricanes, they name Mm -hmm. (laughs) storms, snowstorms, they name lockers. And they also have Amazon Hubs too that you can pick things up. I'm going to return something. And guess where I'm going to return it to? Amazon I picked Hub? it. Well, it was Amazon Hub. It said uh, Whole Foods. Okay. Because they own Whole Foods now. I forgot about that.
1: Oh, very So good. I can,
0: it's right over there. We just go past it almost every day. And I'll drop off that thing. I have to return uh, okay. some bike gloves that were too small. So, yeah. Uh,
1: well, it, the bottom line here, folks, is that, not just for the inheritance kind of trust information and what they do with those in South Dakota, but also if you wanna make your domicile in South Dakota, South Dakota is friendly. They're very accepting of full-time RVers as residents. The process of domiciling in South Dakota is easy and relatively inexpensive. RVing costs, you know, your registration, your insurance and all that stuff. Actually, it generally decreases if you domicile in South Dakota, I understand. Driver's license are valid for five years and it requires less than two days in the state to get a driver's license and an RV registration can be done from out of state. So they they bend over backwards to make it easy for you to get your domicile in South Dakota. So it's something to think about. It's not for everyone, but might be for you.
0: A little, a little trivia here, a couple years ago they tried to put the kibosh on that, that system because residents were, were upset that all these residents, and they don't even have any involvement uh, or in, in the community and they're making all these decisions through their vote, when they have no investment other than just having a domicile there, but it did not go through. Mm. So there's still, yeah, yeah,
1: Well, I guess that just goes to show you that the South Dakota State House or the uh, representatives in South Dakota wanna make sure that that system stays in place.
0: Well, they need the representation in Washington, DC. Right. I don't have the numbers of how many people domicile there, you know, that are nomads, but it's gotta be large.
1: Right. Then that may not be a number that they like to publish, actually. Exactly.
0: So. Well, I hope everybody found this interesting. South Dakota. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Good I old know. South Dakota. I know. Well, thank you all for listening. And we just love bringing you this information and things that make you think, things that make you go, hmm.
1: Hope you can find it useful and uh, hope it wasn't boring for you. Oh, we didn't absolutely wanna, not. We don't want to bore anyone. At any rate, we hope it was helpful and useful. Put it to your best use. And don't forget, be cool.